everyone. Welcome to No Smut Shaming. I'm Crystal. And I'm Kristen. And we're here to discuss all your favorite romance reads. And all the dirty details. This week we'll be talking about Rosie Dannon's book, The Roommate. But first, in honor of today's book, let's talk roommate stories. Do you have any crazy roommate stuff from your past? I feel like I have a ton. Yeah. But just in case those people are listening, (laughs) I'm going to not talk about those. But I will say there was one. So after college, I got my own apartment, right? Well, a friend of mine was getting a divorce and she's like, hey, can we live together? And I was like, "Okay, fine. So we moved into a bigger apartment. Well, then I started dating Matt and I basically was living with him because he proposed. And so her and I were starting to have disagreements and we were fighting because I was basically living with Matt and we weren't doing so good. She moved another girl into the apartment, right? Well, I was just irritated at that point, and all of the downstairs furniture, like, you know, the couches, the TV, all of that was mine. Yeah. So I took it. (laughs) I mean, it's yours. It's mine. And so I put it all in storage, and I got a call the next day when they came home from work and saw that all the furniture was gone. And it wasn't her. It was the girl that moved in. And And you didn't know that girl. I didn't know her. And so she was calling me. She's like, where the fuck is all the furniture? And I was like, "Uh, the fucking furniture is mine. And I put it in storage. And she's like, I can't believe you would do that. And I was like, where's my roommate? And she's like, I could hear my roommate in the back. She's just like, oh. And I was like, you know what? like I'm over this I'm not here to like furnish your apartment for you while you live there I don't even know you that's so crazy what's yours so I had the same roommate all through college and Mm -hmm. we got along really well yeah so I don't really have anything about her love her um (laughs) But our freshman year, we had a suite mate. My friend and I shared a room, and Mm -hmm. then we shared a common space and restroom with another girl. This other girl was interesting. Mm -hmm. She was like very emotional, very up and down, a lot of like relationship woes, and just she would always like push our buttons too. Mm -hmm. And I felt like all year I'd put up with a lot. I never like did anything back, I never said anything. And then I forget the exact scenario that pushed me over the edge (laughs) but something happened Mm -hmm. when we were getting ready to move out and I don't lose my cool often (laughs) no you don't I'm like a pretty even-tempered kind of person Kristen is the type that something will upset her and then immediately she forgets about it and she's like my day's fine yeah like I'm pretty much where I will stew on it for weeks yeah but in this scenario something in me snapped (laughs) It's like really rare. What'd you do? <laughs> I was like packing boxes to move out. And again, something happened. Mm-hmm. And she was in her room with the door shut. And I ended up putting all these boxes of stuff in front of her door so she couldn't get out of her room. <laughs> you barricaded her inside her room? Yes. I- <laughs> oh my God. Not for a long time. Yeah, when you snap, you really snap. But I- Lost it. Yeah, sounds like it. And it hasn't really happened since, like to that extent. <laughs> She's still in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later. No. I mean, there was like an altercation, I remember. Like she opened her door and there was like a Ford of boxes that she couldn't get out and she was like, What's going on? And I was <laughs> I was like, You can't get out. I don't know. Like <laughs> It was a whole scene. Oh my goodness. Eventually I obviously took the boxes down and she stormed out. But yeah. I don't think I talked to her since. Like I haven't spoken to her. Good chance she's not listening to this podcast. Good chance she will never hear this. But if she is, Brittany, I'm kinda sorry. I know. I, I'd also like to apologize just in case she's yeah. listening. Yeah. But that was my one like horror roommate story. I mean, there's tons more, but you'll just keep those in case. to yourself. Yeah. 
Okay. So this week we're talking The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. This mm-hmm. one has a 3.89 on Goodreads. I know this seems like a strong statement, but this might be my favorite book I've read this year. Which shocks me. I love this book too, but once you guys hear the premise of this book, I don't know, it might be a little shocking. I just like really loved it. It was a great book. The writing was great. We'll get into it. Okay. Let me give them the summary. Okay. Then we'll start. <laughs> okay. So after Clara Wheaton is abandoned by her lifelong crush, she finds herself sharing a lease with a charming stranger. Josh might be a bit too perceptive, not to mention handsome, for her comfort, but there's a good chance Josh and Clara could have survived sharing a lease if she hadn't looked him up on the internet. Ooh. Ooh. What did the internet say? I know. Let's get into it. Okay, so we start with Clara landing in LA and her childhood crush, Everett Bloom, picks her up. And Clara is leaving behind her East Coast elite family name for a fresh start in LA for the summer. And she's really looking forward to this because she's going to be moving into the spare bedroom in her lifelong crush's apartment. So she's thinking they're going to have like a little summer romance. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But when Everett picks her up at the airport, (laughs) he drops a bomb on her. He tells her that his band got an offer to go on a three-month tour, mm-hmm. so he's rented out his room. Right. And she's like, what? And at first, I think she thought her room that she'd be staying in. Yeah. No, but she gets the room she was promised, Right. but now somebody else is taking over his but room. But you'll be living with a stranger for three months. Yeah. That Bye. he found online. He found <laughs> on someone Craigslist. on Craigslist. <laughs> And she is like scared and nervous, but also so bummed because she's been so excited to live with Everett because she's been like hot in her panties for him forever. And now she's living with an internet stranger. Mm -hmm. And Everett also sucks because he drops this on her and then just like drops her off the apartment as like, see ya, I gotta head out right now. He doesn't even help her like unpack. He doesn't walk her in or introduce her to the internet stranger, just drops her off on the curb. kicks her off while the car's still rolling. And then drives away and she's She's just like, what the hell? So when Clara walks into the apartment, it's kind of messy, but it also has this cool retro vibe that she thinks is kind of fun. So she sits down on the couch and then is surprised when another voice is in the room. Right. And it's her new roomie, Josh. Mm -hmm. They introduce themselves and then Clara can appreciate that Josh is attractive. But she kind of makes it sound like he doesn't hold a flame to Everett. No, she's like still all in her head about Everett and just the big life change she just made. Mm -hmm. And she's just overwhelmed. She can't really even focus on who Josh is. Right. But Josh introduces himself and he tells her that, you know, I'll only be here for a few weeks because he's just waiting for his ex-girlfriend to forgive him (laughs) so he can move back in with her. So confident. So Clara takes this opportunity to tell him they should lay down some ground rules. Right. Especially since they'll be sharing a bathroom that doesn't have a working lock on it. And so he laughs but agrees to her demands and then he just shows her to her new room. And the next morning while Clara is sorting through all of her bags and her stuff and trying to get organized, Josh brings her a cup of coffee, shirtless. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you clearly didn't see the rule about wearing three articles of clothing at all times in common areas. She slipped under his door. Yeah. But she's also checking out his bod Mm -hmm. because it's a good one. She's appreciating it. I mean, how could you not? Mm -hmm. So that day they decide to go grocery shopping to get a few things and she watches him load the cart up with like frozen burritos and toaster pastries. like what a frat boy eats. Yes. And she finally asks him like, how can you eat all this junk food and still look like you do? Have this banging bod. And he looks at her and shrugs and just goes... (laughs) I fuck a lot. I was and she's like, like, well, okay then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not how abs are made, but... You never know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, if you're having maybe a lot of sex, I don't know. I don't know. 
So while they're shopping, Josh just asks her, you know, what her plans are now. And she tells him she's not sure anymore. She has an aunt. Her aunt Jill does live in LA, but she hasn't spoken to her aunt since, you know, she was in high school because apparently Jill was involved in quite the scandal. She was caught sleeping with the married mayor of their town and then chaining herself to a statue (laughs) and reading his love letters through a (laughs) megaphone. But the family basically disowned Jill after yeah. this. Yeah, they're and like, so we don't know you. She moved to LA and no one's spoken to her since. Mm-hmm. Clara has tried her best her whole life to not be a part of a scandal that would make her family look bad. But Josh encourages her to reach out to her aunt. It's the only person she knows. Right. So she does and she ends up having lunch with her aunt Jill the next day. <laughs> and Clara spills her guts to Jill about leaving her family to come out here to be with Everett. Tells her about her new surprise roomie Josh. And at the same time Josh keeps sending her funny selfies and Jill's like let me just see him and then once Jill sees his face she's like oh my god that's Josh Darling and Clara's like that cannot be his real name and Jill's like it's not it's his porn name and I was like what? I was like he's a porn star? I was like what? I did not see this coming I texted you immediately yeah. when I read it. You were like, he's a porn star? I was like, I know. <laughs> and apparently he's super popular and Cosmo named him Catnip for Millennials. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Clara's shocked. I am shocked. You were shocked. And she's never watched porn before. Mm-hmm. She's shocked that the nice guy who brought her coffee is also a guy who says things like, take it all, bitch. <laughs> And because she, just, she has that idea of what porn is. It's just degrading to women. Yeah. And she just can't believe she accidentally moved in with a porn star. I don't know if the family's going to like this. No, it's so funny to me. So on the other side of town, Josh steps off set, <laughs> wraps a towel around himself. <laughs> And waiting for him off the set is his ex-girlfriend and on-screen lover, Mm -hmm. Naomi. And it turns out him and Naomi make some good films together. They're like a superstar couple. Right. The reason they are doing so well is because they are a couple. People People love that. People are eating that shit up. Yep. And while they used to date, again, it sounds like their relationship was one of convenience since they were so popular together. It doesn't sound like they got very deep in the emotional sense. Mm -mm. Definitely got deep in the physical sense. Well, they said it worked because they left each other alone. Yeah. Mm, That's so romantic. Yeah. (laughs) After he leaves set that day, he meets up with his agent, Benny. They meet up for lunch. The waitress comes by and smiles at Josh. Mm -hmm. He gives her the same attention back while she takes his order. But when she walks (laughs) away, he kind of nods towards her to Benny and he's like, you don't happen to remember if I... And Benny's like, yeah, you fucked her last time we were here. <laughs> so Josh is like, huh, okay, and gets down to business. So it turns out that Josh signed a three-year deal with an agency two years ago. And the agency basically controls him. So Josh is wanting his agent to negotiate a better deal on his behalf. But it turns out that the company is like, well, if you want more money and more control over your career, you got to put your morals aside You're gonna and have to do, do the some hardcore stuff. nastier things. Things on camera. Josh disagrees because this is like a hard line he set for himself. Good for him. Yeah. (laughs) There is a line for Josh. And he gets up from the table and tells him to not accept that offer Mm -hmm. and walks away. Because it turns out that Josh has already met his quota for the year. He's already made the amount of movies his contract had said for this year. So for the rest of the year, he's not obligated to film anything else. Mm -hmm. So he has a little bit of power in this situation. So on Clara's side, she's back at the apartment and she does something she knows she shouldn't be doing. I mean, you would do it too, right? She's Googling her porn star. I would do it in my room. Right. She (laughs) Googles him 
on the community couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, lock the door. Yeah. Google or Josh Dartley. Go in the shower. Turn with the your shower laptop. On. Yeah, just sit on the toilet. Turn yeah. the shower on. <laughs> right, exactly. But no, she is googling her porn star roomie from the couch in the living room. Mm-hmm. She picks a video, and it's of a hot woman swimming in a pool. Like this one went viral. Yeah, and there's sexy lifeguard Josh ready to give her some mouth to mouth. And then Clara can easily see what all the talk the is fusses, about him. Yeah. yeah, she's like, okay, I can mm-hmm. see it. And while she's on the couch, deep into some Josh Darling porn, mm-hmm. Josh walks in and catches her. And she's super embarrassed. But he's like super proud. Yeah, he's like, oh, you like what you see? <laughs> That's my best work. That's my work. Yeah. And she tries to play it off like, I wasn't watching. And she's like, I was watching you doing porn. <laughs> she tells him like, I was watching you perform. Right. And since that barrier has kind of been broken, he asks her if she has any questions for him. It's his attempt to make her feel more comfortable right. with his profession of choice. Mm-hmm. And she asks him what his real name is. And it's Josh Connors, which mm-hmm. is much less sexy yeah, than Josh Darling. And then she asks him how he got into this line of work. And he tells <laughs> her that when he was 24 he was working as a valet a man caught him going down on his wife in his Maserati which is so LA first of all but then the man said that if he can keep his heart on while he watched then he'd have a job for him (laughs) and to Josh Josh is like cool okay (laughs) he's like the idea that someone would pay him to have sex was like better than a desk job like that sounds kind of cool which I feel like a lot of guys at 24 would think this way not 34 but (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. 24, you're like, well, I don't want to get a job anyways. Now I can just have sex with hot chicks and get paid. Maybe. Maybe. We should do a poll. (laughs) Yeah, because our male demographic is huge. (laughs) (laughs) Who would confess to wanting to do this? And then he asks her, since she's now watched his videos, Mm -hmm. what she thought and if she has any constructive criticism for him. Mm -hmm. She initially wanted to say, you know, what you do is degrading to women. But then she's like, that's not the truth. Right. The truth was that she watched him have sex with a ton of hot women and it kind of made her feel hot. Like she was into it. Because it sounds like he makes the female the priority. Yeah. And she ends up telling him that it looks like the women. Which is how it should be. She ends up telling him that it looks like the women in the video enjoyed him going down on them. Right. But it's like not really for her. And he's like, um, have you never had a man make you orgasm before? And she's a little self-conscious and she eventually just says no. And he's like, okay, let's fix this. And he's like, I'm going to make you come. Like it's a (laughs) transaction. Right. And she is shocked and is like, no way. And he's like, look, 50 women a week ask me to do this for them. (laughs) It'll be clinical. Scouts on her. Like, it's just like simple exchange. Mm -hmm. And she's curious and also kind of hot and bothered from all the porn she just watched. (laughs) So she says yes. After he. 50 women a week. Okay. What a man. Because he does convince her and like he tells her like, you can even keep your panties on. Like, (laughs) I'm that good. (laughs) And it turns out he is that good. He's that good. <laughs> because he gets to work, not work work, because he's not mm-hmm. getting paid for this one. Right. But this you know is what pro I mean? bono. <laughs> yeah, pro bono work. And she likes it. And she's surprised when she does come and she's like, whoa, well, that was awesome. <laughs> and she feels slight shame. But when he makes a comment about how when she goes back home and talks about how she got with the porn star. Mm-hmm. She'll have a story for the rest of her life. And she just feels way worse about it. Well, I thought it was because he was like, well, that's done. Yeah, he was like... Because he, after he was done with it, he was just like, 
okay i'm done yeah and she know? was like oh. she was like coming down and was like whoa yeah <laughs> she was like feeling special exactly and he made it seem which he told her it was like a clinical it still doesn't make it easier i would it's think. a gray area yeah Josh knows that he screwed up Mm -hmm. after he said what he said to her. And the next morning he goes out early to get her breakfast as an apology. But he's he's all in his head because he didn't expect to feel the way he did last night when he was diddling her. Because he got like a raging heart on. Yeah, he told him. Wouldn't he get a raging heart on either way? Or do you think he could do something like that with a female and not have any? He's a professional crystal. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. But he's all in his head because he didn't expect to feel the way he did last night when mm-hmm. he was diddling her. And he told her he would go about this like a job. But he found himself fully immersed in her and just like loving her reactions to him. Mm-hmm. But a girl like her didn't need a guy like him. And he's Yeah, I mean, like, she showed up with like Louis Vuitton luggage. Yeah, he's just like, we are not compatible. Like, you are not good for me and I'm not good for you. Mm-hmm. And on Clara's side, after waking up filled with embarrassment, she's like... I need to leave. Like, I need to go home. (laughs) But before she goes to the airport, she stops by her Aunt Jill's office to say goodbye. In the middle of their conversation, Jill gets pulled into a meeting and asks if Clara has 15 minutes to take some notes Mm -hmm. because one of her employees quit recently and they haven't filled the position yet. And Clara does a good job in the meeting and Jill offers her a job and convinces her to stay. Mm -hmm. The only problem is she doesn't have a car and she's scared to drive. She's terrified to drive. And Jill is like don't you have a roommate eyebrow wiggle (laughs) so that night clara does go back home to the apartment and she decides to make dinner well breakfast for dinner Mm -hmm. for josh and he comes out and sees a giant stack of pancakes and is like what do you want (laughs) and she's like oh nothing it's just a nice meal for my nice roomie and they have a moment where he like wipes flour off her face but then they just quickly move on and after he's a few bites in she's like so there is something I wanted to ask you and he's just like I knew it (laughs) so she tells him that she got a job but she doesn't have a car and was wondering if she could attempt to drive his car because she's scared to drive after she caused an accident when she was in her teens but here's the thing Josh's car is like his one possession in life that he cares about it's a Corvette isn't it yeah and he loves this car it was a gift from his grandfather like this is the car this has sentimental value yeah so he reluctantly agrees but says he'll obviously be accompanying her on her driving adventure Mm -hmm. so they go on this drive and while she does panic quite a bit Josh helps calm her down and Mm -hmm. after she successfully manages to drive on the highway, he tells her that he's got a little detour for her and he has her drive to his old high school. And she starts to ask about the 18-year-old version of Josh and he admits that he was kind of a troublemaker and he barely graduated due to some truancy problems (laughs) and that he basically had sex with girls like all over the school campus. He's like, that tree banged like Leslie. (laughs) Side of that wall. Yep. (laughs) He just goes through all the situations. But the cool part is he does open up to her and he tells her about his current contract situation and how he's not sure what he would do next if you know the, the porn train stopped running <laughs> and Clara is really non-judgmental about it and just kind of talks to him about everything mm-hmm. and she's like what else are you good at and she makes him feel like he's more than just an adult entertainer and that he can do more with his life if he wants to and he likes that I mean I would imagine if you're an adult performer you're not really hanging out with probably a ton of people that are not in the industry yeah. because people are so judgy you yeah, know what I mean? but, yeah. So I think she was the first one who made him feel like he could be something else if he wanted it. Right. And you're not only seeing me as an adult performer. Yeah. And he also just 
can't stop staring at her and now he's starting to think he's in trouble because he's developing a crush on his roommate. And the next two weeks are turning out to be harder than Josh had anticipated. Mm -hmm. He's currently not working, which means this is the longest he's probably ever gone (laughs) without boning. (laughs) Which is what, like a week so far? (laughs) Yeah. And he also thinks his roomie is super cute. He's basically a puppy just like watching her offering to drive her to work and I back mean, he each gets day. up early just to talk to her. Yeah. And he enjoys their conversations and they easily open up to each other about their families and their lives. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that, you know, he hasn't talked to his parents since he told them about his new profession two years ago. Right. And they didn't take it well. What parent would take it well? No. If you're like a, not to sound bad, but if you're like a well-adjusted family and then your son is like, hey, mom, gonna, gonna bone for a living, <laughs> you know, like. And you're like, what have I done? Yeah. I mean, I would still like obviously love him. You just want them to be safe and you want them to be happy. But honestly, it's going to take some time for that to sink in. Yeah. It's like a total blindside. You think your kid's going to be like a doctor in just accounting. I told Matt and Matt knows this. Your one job for our daughter is to keep her off the pole. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as a mother, you would start to question like, what did I do wrong? I think these are just all natural reactions. Yeah, for sure. One night she has a lot of paperwork she's looking through for her day job with Jill and he offers to help her look through some of those papers so they can watch a movie together. And side note, she wants to watch Speed because of her love for Keanu yes. Reeves, which I know you yes. love. That's when I fell in love with him. Really? Have you seen Keanu Reeves in Speed? Not for a long time. I need to watch it again. <sighs> he is beautiful. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch it tonight. <laughs> You do that. I'll watch it too. I loved how much she loved Speed (gasps) and Keanu Reeves because that is like right up your alley. Mm -hmm. So he starts looking through some of these documents and something catches his eye. He starts to see company names he recognizes like Big Porn and Black Hat. I mean, Big Porn would catch my eye too. (laughs) Right. But it looks like this DA, which is the client for Jill, was gathering information on wrongful termination, unsafe work conditions, sexual harassment, but was never able to prosecute anybody and probably just because of lack of witnesses willing to come forward. And then they just watch Speed together after they get through it Mm -hmm. and they have a great time. And I think he finds it funny, like how she finds like the romance in it. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, he's like, essentially, this is just a bus that can't stop going. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, look at the love story. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's willing to die for her. Yeah. (laughs) So the next day, Josh has a meeting with an executive at Black Hat, which Mm -hmm. is the main company that owns, right, Big Porn, which is who he works for. So the guy is wanting to finally meet with Josh about his contract. And first of all, this executive is like the sleaziest guy ever. Mm Mm-hmm. But he does make him a new offer. He tells him that for a huge pay increase, he needs to do 50 hardcore films a year. Again, Josh has only ever done what they consider to be bland stuff because Mm -hmm. the hardcore stuff was just crossing a line for him. And Josh is actually impressed with the money that comes with that and knows what that kind of money could do for him. But at the same moment, Clara's face kind of flashes across his mind and he starts thinking about all the things she's doing that are fears of hers. And he says that he can't accept this offer Mm -hmm. and he'll be looking for other opportunities whenever his contract is over. Ooh, free agent. Yes. So that night, Josh and Clara are hanging out and watching Die Hard on the couch. Fun fact, I've actually never seen Die Hard, though. Really? Have you? Oh, yeah. 
okay, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see it. I mean, they label it as a Christmas movie, right? (laughs) I know. I'm so on the fence about that. Okay, well, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. So that night, Josh and Claire are hanging out and watching Die Hard on the couch together when all of a sudden the power goes out. Oh. So they quickly light some candles. They Mm -hmm. settle back into the couch with some popcorn and start playing a card game. Mm -hmm. And she keeps losing because she can't stop looking at his forearms and giant man hands. Forearm porn. Forearms are a popular thing Mm -hmm. for our November book choices. They are. That should be another poll. How do forearms make you feel? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And while they're hanging out, Josh tells her about his meeting he had today with the executive from Black Hat. That gives Clara a job idea for him. Mm -hmm. She tells him that he should make basically an orgasm how-to guide for people and she'd even invest in them because she believes in him and the idea. And she has the money. (laughs) And she has the money in her trust. Mm -hmm. He would just need to find a woman who's comfortable being on camera. Uh Turns out he knows a ton of them. But but specifically Naomi. Naomi Grant. So about a week and a half later, Josh, Clara, and Naomi are at (laughs) the bowling alley. Josh thought this would be a good... The most unsexiest place in the world. Yeah, he thought it'd be like a good neutral ground. Yeah. But like the bowling alley. There's also like an eighth birthday party next to them in the lane. Anyways, they end up bowling like 24 frames before Clara pulls Josh aside and is like, you've got to bring this up to Naomi. Do you like bowling? I do like bowling. I always wanted to be in a bowling league. What? Cute little shirts. Yeah. Like, if you were to ask me what I want to do, bowling would be the bottom of my (gasps) list. No. I just, I don't know. I think the whole thing is fun. You eat, like, fries. You're with (laughs) friends. You're just like... like all that I can do without going to a bowling alley. (laughs) I just love the idea of a bowling league. I think it sounds so fun. Mm. I just also love to match. So I would love to match with people with matching bowling shirts. (laughs) Oh, my God. I also love bowling shoes. I think they're so cute. I hate the Velcro ones specifically. I want to just wear my own shoes. No, I want to put the Velcro shoes on all the time. You like the Velcro ones? Yes, because they're all snug. I just love those Velcro bowling (laughs) shoes. I'm not kidding. I'm like into it. (laughs) I regret asking this question. (laughs) (laughs) We should bowl sometimes. Okay, Okay. moving on. (laughs) Anyways. So she forces him to bring up this idea with Naomi. So he finally does and he goes through their whole business plan and she kind of laughs in their faces. Because Naomi is like a... She's like a tough bitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they do their best to convince her to take on this project with them. And at the end, she goes, okay, I'll do this on one condition. Mm -hmm. Clara can't just be the silent financial partner. She has to be involved in all the decisions. And Clara's like, why me? Like, I don't know anything about this. But I feel like Naomi's response is pretty... Naomi sounds smart. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Naomi says that if this is what they really want to do, Claire's basically their target audience. It's true. So who better to help them and like make decisions? Yeah. So Josh is like, Claire, you don't have to do this. But Claire is like, nope. I believe in this and I agree. (laughs) So she's on board. So after another two weeks, they have their business accounts ready to roll. Like they're just kind of starting to get things together. I just feel like Naomi's probably like, what did you do to her to convince her to fund? Yes. To fund this. Like, is she in some sort of like sexual haze right now? I know. And Clara is clearly nervous, but she's like trying to psych herself up, right? Today is casting day. They're going to cast (laughs) the people for this how-to 
how-to, the right. sex how-to. And like the line is out the door. Yes. So Clara's in the break room before this whole thing starts when a guy with teeth that are extremely white mm-hmm. introduces himself and it's <laughs> Matt Masterson, which, come on. And he's all smooth like, ooh, are you here for auditions too? And she's like, oh no, I'm new to this whole thing. And he's like, well... If you'd ever like any porn recommendations or physical demonstrations, <laughs> just give me a call. Wink, so wink. So upfront. I know. And she's like, ooh. And then, Josh comes up. He's like, take a hike. Yeah, he's like, get out of here, Matt. <laughs> and takes Claire away. And Clara's like, do you think he was flirting with me? And Josh is like, yes, he was flirting with you, but he is not the guy for you. Josh is like, you need a firefighter or a doctor <laughs> or like a kindergarten teacher. Like, you do not need Matt Masterson. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's because I'm not sexy enough. Like, I get it. Aww. She's like, I've never been been sexy enough my whole life it's been like this and he was like no that's not no. what i was saying right. but then naomi's like can we get started here <laughs> she's like cut it out we're done they start the auditions and the first audition comes in marissa oh uh, marissa <laughs> and they decide that claire needs to be the person to read off the instructions to melissa so claire is just like so uncomfortable and God. awkward and she's like okay first i need you to remove your clothes I mean, talk about like baptism by fire. Oh my gosh. And then Clara has to tell her, she's like, I need you to bring yourself to orgasm and I provided materials for you if you need them. But Marissa's like super cool and she's like, yeah, no problem. And just like gets to work. Yeah. She just like takes her clothes off. Yeah. So Marissa is cool. Clara... Mm -hmm. Not cool. She's just sweating a storm over there. And she's just red as a tomato and has to excuse herself as Marissa gets like louder and louder over there for her audition. (laughs) But Josh chases after her and she's like, I am so sorry. I was not prepared for this. I need to read more National Geographic or something because I'm such a prude. I don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's okay. I get it. It's hard at first. After a few days, the weirdness does fade away. Right. But he also says that if she's not comfortable, then he'll go in there and just call the whole thing off. And she's like, no, I'll power through and then just watch a lot of porn tonight to do better the next time. And he is so turned on by that. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, you're going to watch me. So a few days later, they need to run some errands. And one of those errands is stopping by a sex store for some props. Mm -hmm. And watching her walk around all these things is making him just like hard as a rock. She's like picking up sex toys like, What's this? and like innocently asking about them. And he is just like bulging. Like he is like, oh, this is crazy. So that night she's in bed just hanging out, kind of hot and bothered after watching him expertly pick sex toys off the shelf earlier that day. She's in her head when Josh knocks on the door and he tells her that he's been in his room getting some writing done for the script and was wondering if he could read it to her to get some feedback. Again, he's writing the orgasm how to script. And so she says yes. He tells her that he thought it would make the most sense to start out with a woman showing her partner how she likes to pleasure herself. Mm -hmm. And so he starts to talk through the script. And he says, you know, a woman should start thinking of a fantasy and then start touching herself where her thoughts lead her. And Claire is already turned on. She's just bug eye. (laughs) I know. And Josh looks at her and is like, you know, we could try it, the exercise to see if it works. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, like a vetting process. Like, this is for research. And she's like, I guess I'll start by removing my shirt. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like, that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. So she takes off her shirt. And he's practically drooling as she turns around and he sees her boobs for the first time because they're big. They're large and in charge. Yes. And she's always been kind of insecure about them. But he is like, hobo, hobo. I don't know a lot of females that are insecure about their big boobs. No. Yeah. And he's like, I know this sounds crazy, but I've seen thousands of breasts. It's true. But I've never wanted my hands and mouth on a set before as much as I do now. 
I mean, you got to feel a little special Out by of that. Thousands of thousands sets, of boobs he's seen. You're like yours minors. are amazing. Yes. So she gets a little confidence. <laughs> I like how you're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts to fondle her boobies and her mm-hmm. nippies. <laughs> and she opens her eyes and sees him basically like humping Just... the couch. <laughs> and I know I'm making light of this scene, but it was actually like a really hot scene. It was very hot. It was like very sexy to read. Mm-hmm. And so she tells him like, you should touch yourself too. Which I thought was pretty shocking that she said that. It was outside of her comfort right. zone or like what I would expect of her. But he quickly... He's like, all right. <laughs> Not need to be told twice. He just takes off his clothes quick. And then when she sees his giant porn star dong, Mm -hmm. her eyes like pop out of her head and he nods to her pajama pants and he's like, your turn. (laughs) So she kicks off her pajama pants and he's basically like salivating and begs her to touch herself. So now they're both masturbating and saying each other's names and it is sexy. It's pretty hot. (laughs) And when they both finish, he's like, wow, um, guess I better go finish my notes in my room. (laughs) And that's when she gets the idea for the name of their project, Shameless, Mm -hmm. which is a great name. I think it's a great name. So a few days later, Josh and Clara host the cast and crew for a barbecue so everyone can kind of get to know each other. And since nobody really knows anyone else, the party starts out kind of stale. But I think it's funny that she hosts it like it was like... Like a family reunion. Family and, and honestly, like, well-to-do people. There's, like, you know, cards out there. Yeah, she and, has, like, place cards. Yeah, and I'm like, no one gives a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so somebody suggests that they play Never Have I Ever. <laughs> with porn stars. <laughs> with porn stars. And the problem is, if you play this with a bunch of porn stars, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb if you're not right. a porn star. Because everyone is saying things like, Never Have I Ever Fucked Ten Times in one day and they're all like putting fingers down and Clara's like never have I ever broken a bone and, and one girl's like, like like a like a penis bone yeah I've did, done that once yeah I broke a boner and she's like no just like any bone and she, they're like oh it's like crickets <laughs> And so Clara feels like a weirdo in this group. So she makes an excuse to leave the game. And Josh follows her to make her feel better about herself. And she does gain a little confidence back and goes back out there. But now Josh is kind of freaking out because he can feel himself falling for Clara. He clearly cares about her quite a bit now. Mm -hmm. So it's the night before they start filming. And Josh is really nervous. So he's at the studio going over everything. And he thinks the blocking of the tape is off. So he asks Clara if she would mind redoing the blocking with him. Mm -hmm. So she agrees and he starts putting them in these sexual positions and taping off their feet and where they are on the floor to mark where they're at for the camera. And by the third sex position, she feels a quick rub when she's against him. And she's like, oh, my God, that felt good. (laughs) So he grabs her hips and starts to kind of rub her against him in the same way. And she's moving against his body quickly. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to (laughs) come. And he's like, don't stop. And she's almost there when Naomi's voice says, it's even better with your clothes off. And they're like, ooh, and they jump off of each other like high school kids caught by their parents. And Clara is super embarrassed. And Naomi's like, can I speak to Josh alone, please? And she just like scurries out. So when it's just Josh and Naomi, she's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Right. Like, you're an idiot. They're starting a business together. And Clara's the funding. He can't be messing around with her. They have a lot on the line with this. Right, because if it doesn't work out and then she pulls the funding, they're the ones that are going to suffer. Yeah, because this whole production is going against Black Hat and Big Mm -hmm. Porn, and it's just a lot riding on this. And she's just like, even if they didn't have a lot on this project, him and Clara are from two different worlds. It will never work out between them. Right. And Naomi makes Josh promise that he won't go there, or she's walking off of this project. 
And he quietly is like, what if she's different? And she's like, nobody's different. Ooh. About a week or two has gone by, and Clara can tell something is different between her and Josh, but she hasn't had the time to really think about it too much because she has a big presentation for her day job with Jill. Mm -hmm. But the day of the presentation, she's having a bad day. She overslept, and now the bus is late, and she's going to be late, and Jill calls and tells her she cannot be late for this meeting because it's so important, and Clara has the presentation documents that are needed. So Clara gets an idea that she knows is a bad idea, but she also feels like she's out of options. She decides to borrow Josh's car. And she knows Josh would kill her for this because, again, he loves this car. It's his favorite possession of all time. But she's been driving more and more, and she thinks she can do it. So she climbs in, successfully drives on the highway, and is able to exit the highway. Mm -hmm. And she's going through a four-way stop when someone runs their stop sign and runs straight into her. And so they have to take her to the hospital, and they run some tests. Everything's okay. Mostly just pretty badly bruised. Mm -hmm. And then Josh shows up at the hospital. He brought flowers. Well, this is the part where she finds out that that car meant something to him because it's his grandfather's. Yeah, I was just going to kind of pretend like we already knew that. Way to change the story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rosie Dannon. He brought flowers and he also brought a donut, but he ate the donut on the way there because there was traffic. Mm -hmm. But he does tell her, you know, I forgive you. I'm just glad you're safe. And so Clara is at home now and she's been kind of hobbling around a bit because of the whiplash and a few other minor injuries. And she's about to attempt to take her first shower. And Josh can hear her in the bathroom struggling. Right. Because he can't, she can't get her arms above. She's not supposed to lift her arms above her shoulders. Yeah. So he's offering to help her, and she's shy about it, but she does agree. But he has severely underestimated his ability to be cool during this, because he has a raging heart on the entire time. Why he thought he could do this without getting one? I mean, yeah, he's like slowly lathering up her body, washing her hair. I think it's funny that he left his boxers on. Like, that was going to help. I know. He can barely control himself. They get out of the shower and she's like stalking towards him, wet and naked. And he tries to stop himself, but he physically can't. And Mm -hmm. he just kisses her. And the only problem is that she she passes out in that moment. (laughs) So Josh treated her like the world's sickest patient for about a week after that. But she's feeling better and she was kind of putzing around the house and there's a knock at the door and it's a flower delivery. Mm -hmm. And she opens it and it's flowers from Everett. What? Apparently, her mom had left him a voicemail about the accident, assuming he was taking care of her because she never told her family that he wasn't there. And up to this point, she had kind of forgotten about Everett. And honestly, I did, too. Don't need him. Yeah. But this kind of triggers some old memories for her. And so she goes into her room and gets out her big memory box and she takes it to the porch to start looking through it a little bit. And Josh arrives home a little bit later and sits down next to her and goes through pictures with her. And he comes to one of her and Everett and he's like, what is it with you in this guy? Mm -hmm. And she confesses that he's always just held his love at arm's reach. So chasing him became comfortable for her. And this stirs something in Josh because he starts to pace around and he stops and is like, if this guy isn't begging to be with you, he's the biggest idiot in the the world. And if he can't see how sexy you are, he's crazy. And Clara's like, wait a second, you want me? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've wanted you for a long time. (laughs) And he moves closer to her and she's like, are we going to have sex? And he's like, yes. He's like, if you want to. (laughs) And she's like, yes, I want to. (laughs) 
So now they're all over each other. They're stumbling into the bedroom. But now some insecurities start to set in for them. She's a little bit insecure because she figures that she doesn't quite have all the moves he's probably used to, which that's a lot. Yes. Don't you think? Yeah. To go to bed with someone that is like an expert in this area. I mean, he's just like a pro athlete at sex. Right. And she's just like, like he's been with women who like can do like cartwheels on his dick and (laughs) she is just scared. She she's never even had an orgasm up until just I know. now. <laughs> but on the flip side, he's also insecure because this is pretty much the first time. She's like the purest girl he's ever been with. But also he's never had sex with emotion before. That's a big thing for him. Right. Because he kind of has to turn it's, it all off. It's not really known, I guess, in his industry. Yeah. But when he takes his giant porn star dong out, she's like, game on. <laughs> But also, like, she's like, how does the math work here? Because I'm smaller than what that is in front of me. She acts like it's a forearm down there. I know. So he goes down on her to kind of loosen up the old vagina. Stretch it out. And then, ew. <laughs> and then he eases his baseball bat inside. They both love every second. Baseball bat. And then after they're done, they're both like, whoa, like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me before. He said that to her, right? They both are just like having a moment where like, right. yeah. he does say, you're the best thing that's ever right. happened to me. Yeah. And she's like, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have plans a few nights later to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. They get some popcorn and settle in and have a good time together. It's like their first date. Yeah. And as they're walking out after the movie, they run into a, the client, the DA that is running for re-election. Yeah. And the client is like, oh, is this young man your boyfriend? And Clara turns white and she's like, uh, nope, just a just a person I was asking for uh, directions for the bathroom. And Josh is heartbroken. How could you not be? Because he it was going to really feel confess like this his big. feelings. He was really liking her and right. she was just scared to be seen with him. She said that she was scared that she would notice who he was. And he just feels like trash. Right. But I think he just thought she was different. And But now he's like, now I know how you feel about me. <sighs> Disgusted. Naomi was right. <laughs> Ugh. She apologizes after, but he's like, it's fine. And just like brushes it off to save face. But he's like, this wasn't a real date anyways. And Oof. she's like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Claire and Josh have kind of kept their distance from each other. This for the really next made week me or feel so. sad. I know. I didn't like this. So Claire has just been focusing on her day job for Jill. And one morning she goes into work and the client, the DA, Tony, asks to speak to Clara alone. And Tony starts with the whole, you know, we've worked together for a few months now and I really like you. But then she slides over an article that lists Clara's name next to two of the biggest names in porn, Mm -hmm. which is Josh and Naomi. And first of all, Clara is shocked to see her name in print and all of her information in this article because she was supposed to be a silent partner. Yeah. Yeah. But Clara also knows what this means for her job with Jill and for Tony. And it's the end. I mean... Right, she's like, you gotta fire me. The candidate can't risk being associated with the porn industry when she's running for re-election. And that is kind of the final straw for Clara. She really doesn't have much left in L.A. But that night, she goes home, and she does confront Josh about this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because she gives him the article, and she's like, why is my name in this article? How do they know about me? Did you say something to somebody for my name to be in this article? And he's, he's like, no, I didn't say anything. And he tries to tell her, like, well... I bet this big company, Black Hat or Big Porn, is like trying to go against us. And they dug around and found your information. But it just kind of starts this big fight between them. And he chooses the absolute worst moment in history to say, I love you for Mm -hmm. the first time. 
but she just storms out. She packs up her things. She's like, this is it for me here. And she's ready to head home. So on the flip side, Josh is kind of in a rut now. Like he's he's a little bit lost Mm -hmm. and he decides to take this time to go visit his mother, who he, again, hasn't seen in two years. Right. So he pulls up and his mother's outside and she's like, oh, you look like my son. And he's like, hi, ma. Yeah. He's like, and she's like, get in here. (laughs) And they have, again, their first conversation in a long time. And it's their first open, honest conversation. Right. And he tells her, you know, when I told you about my job, you didn't handle it well. That made me feel unloved. Right. And that you didn't want me around anymore. And she's like, when your son tells you his profession is porn it's a lot to take in right and she's like i needed some time to process that right but when i came back downstairs you were gone you left i tried to call you you changed your phone numbers like i didn't know what i was supposed to do right and she also tells him like this is kind of your mo yeah like when things get tough you run Mm -hmm. and he's like oh (laughs) interesting (laughs) but i think he's finally realizing like I pushed Claire away, mm-hmm. but the good news is, is that him and his mom reconnected, and I think he needed that to feel... I mean, ultimately, that's what he needed, because he felt like there was a huge weight off his shoulders yeah. now. Because, you know, he, all he wanted was the approval of his parents, and he felt like he could take on this world a little better, Yeah, but when he didn't feel like he had his family, he was just, like, all on his own. So, Clara is now trying to get back to the East Coast, but she has a layover in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and it turns out Ole Everett has a gig in Vegas that night, so she decides to swing by. And she does catch him before his band is set to play, and they spend a few minutes talking. And as she's talking to him, she starts to realize a few things. She realizes first that he's never going to wake up and feel a different way about her. And also, after being with Josh she realizes that she doesn't actually love Everett either. She just loved the idea of him. Yeah, she just got comfortable in wanting to be with him and in chasing him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know what? I'm good. She finally said it. She's like, I've been in love with you since we were kids. And he was like, ooh, Clara. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, I knew that. But I just chose to ignore it because it was easier. And I was like, you're such a dick. I know. (laughs) And so she kind of plays on his guilt a little bit, which is good for her. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I'm going to borrow your car. I got to get back to L.A. Right. To my man. To my man. Josh, darling. (laughs) Yep. So now back in L.A., Josh and Naomi are doing some press for Shameless, Mm -hmm. specifically a radio interview. Right. And the radio host is asking some questions. Then he asks about their investor, Clara. Mm -hmm. And Josh shuts it down. He's like, she is not open for discussion and just gets really protective over her and starts to leave. But when he stands up and looks towards the door, he stops. There's this lady. He sees Clara standing there at the door. Mm -hmm. And then live on air, Clara confesses all of her feelings for him. Mm -hmm. She tells Josh that she loves him and that this thing between them has always been more than sex. And this isn't an addiction for her. This is freedom for her. Mm -hmm. The love feels like freedom. And they belong together. And he tells her he loves her and they're officially reunited. And it feels so good. (laughs) Well, it's about to feel even better. Oh, yeah. Because they run out of the office and into the stairwell. Can't even make it home. Oh, my goodness. And they bang it out right there at the stairwell of the radio station. Mm -hmm. And so in an epilogue, which is two years later, it's Thanksgiving. It's the first meal or joining of the families, really, between Josh Connors' family and Clara Wheaton's family. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and the cooking side is not going well. Right. Josh can't cook. There's like a turkey on fire or something. Yeah. And Naomi was invited and she walks in, but then they're already like making out and kissing. He's like, fire's everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's mention of the paper and the paper. I don't know if someone spilled something on it, but it mentions that Clara Wheaton and Josh Connors are soon to be married. So he proposed to her. And then the DA won the suit against Black Hat. Yep. And so all that's going well. Their, you know, shameless thing is going well. Everything's going well. Life is good. Life is good. Yeah. And better yet, Naomi gets her own book that will come out next year. Yeah, that's exciting. I know. Because I really did like her in the end. Yeah, she was like a boss bitch. Yeah. But I want to know what's going on with her. Yeah, she seems to have like a really tough shell, but I would like to see what's... It's like the toughest shell I've ever heard. I know. I think her book will be really great. Yeah. No pressure. No. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, thoughts? I really did like this book. I'm not going to lie. It did catch me off guard, the fact that he was a porn star. Just because, you know, you don't typically read that in a romance novel. But I was more shocked how much I loved him. I know. I was like, do I have feelings for this porn star? (laughs) Because he was so likable. It was great. I really liked it. It It was a page turner. I really feel like it's definitely in the top five for me this year. Right. Maybe top three, maybe top one. I don't know. (laughs) I really loved it. I thought it was so unique and I just felt like the characters. I like how she didn't make it raunchy. Yes. I know that sounds weird, but it could have really gone a different way considering what he does as a profession. But I felt like she kind of kept it very like this is a little bit of an insight into the behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very impressed that she made a porn star so lovable. I know. Right. (laughs) I was just yeah. Like like you. I was like, oh, hey, Josh. (laughs) But let me ask you this. If you brought home. A man that was like a, a famous adult film actor, how would your parents handle it? My father would not handle it well. Do you think he would say something to you after or he would just let it out right in front of him? I think that he would tell my mom <laughs> his thoughts and she would call me later and be like, your dad has some thoughts about your boyfriend. Uh-huh. I don't think it would go over well. Right. Do you think that would be enough to break up your relationship? Oh, that's such a hard question. I would like to say no, but I do think family support is really important. I think it would depend like how far into the relationship we were and just how serious it was. If it was like a second date, he came, picked me up and he was a porn star. That's just so hard. I would honestly, I would love to interview somebody that has either dated somebody that's a porn star or is a porn star. Curious like how hard it is for them. That's very interesting. I'm with you. So our book next week is The Stocking Was Hung by Tara Civic, (laughs) our first Christmas holiday book. Yes. And I've read a book by her, The Heidi's Guide to Four-Letter Words. Did you like it? It was really cute. Yeah. Good. I'm excited. She basically does a podcast. Oh, that's right. You told me about that one. (laughs) Cute. Okay. Um, Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.